Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So join me today as we discuss our faith in Jesus and receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I think about the Holy Spirit, all I can say is, oh, how I I want to live my life Holy Spirit led. A life led by the Holy Spirit truly should be our everyday goal as believers in Christ. You know, most mornings I open my eyes to the realization that I need Jesus and I need his Holy Spirit leading and guiding me in my day. And I need him to literally orchestrate and ordain my steps for me as I go through the details of my life for that specific day. And you see, I know how my life goes when I try to go at it on my own because I've been there, done that. Usually me ends up back on the throne of my life, at least for a little while, until the Holy Spirit convicts me back into my true spiritual reality and identity. My true spiritual reality is fully and completely dependent upon Jesus. Without Him, my spiritual state is hopeless. My spiritual state with Him is hopeful and ever-growing and moving toward him and who he created me to be. My identity was changed 27 years ago when I said yes to Jesus' offer and invitation to walk with him in a faith journey that would take me from justification, which is the initiation of our salvation, all the way to glorification, which is the completion of our salvation. So anytime that I'm not living led by the Holy Spirit, I'm out of sync with who I truly am. When we are out of sync with our true spiritual in Christ identity, our actions, our words, and our lives reflect things of the old nature, of our old sin nature rather than our new nature. Therefore, we need the work of the Holy Spirit in us. So let's talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit. I believe that through faith in Jesus, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts is the power to fulfill God's calling in our lives. A couple of weeks back, I shared in a podcast the 11 basic premises of my Christian faith in Jesus, and I stated that we would discuss these points, uh, these two last basic premises about the promise of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Spirit in detail. So we're going to begin that today. I have to tell you that when I think back to my life growing up in church, I was raised in a church where the leadership taught faith in Jesus. And at the same time, those same leaders avoided the Holy Spirit. And I remember asking about the Holy Spirit and being told that the Holy Spirit was something that we didn't talk about because churches that focused on the Holy Spirit basically weren't like us. And the implication was that those churches were too radical. And I remember struggling with what to do with the fact that the Bible spoke of the Holy Spirit, but my church leaders did not. Let's look at what the Bible teaches us about 
about the Holy Spirit. Some of the most common used names or titles in both the Old and the New Testaments are, first of all, the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament uses that name two times and then the New Testament 91 times. The Old Testament uses the title, the Spirit of God, six times, and the New Testament uses the Spirit of God 12 times. The Spirit of the Lord is another title for the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament uses that 23 times and the New Testament five times. Then the Spirit, just simply the Spirit is used 17 times in the Old Testament and 118 times in the New Testament. And that's all the title. So when I'm talking about that, the Spirit, it is always capitalized in the New Testament. I'm not looking at every time that the term Spirit is being used. I'm looking at it as the title the Spirit being used. So there's a total of 274 times that the Bible uses a name or title of the Holy Spirit. So how can we overlook the Holy Spirit if God's Word spoke so much about Him? If we look back at that list that I just shared with you and we tally up the Old Testament references, we would see that 38 out of 274 uses come from the Old Testament. Uh, From the point that Jesus entered into the picture, we see that 236 Holy Spirit references are in the New Testament. Therefore, I'm going to primarily focus on what the New Testament says about the Holy Spirit today. The first mention of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is in Matthew 1.18 regarding Jesus' conception. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now in Matthew 1.20, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him that the baby in Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Luke recorded the angel's words to Mary about how conception would happen for her in Luke 1.35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy Spirit who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So let's talk about Jesus' baptism for a moment. At the point of Jesus' baptism, God gave testimony and signs to who he was. Luke 3.22 says, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. John the Baptist testified, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's in John 1.33. So to this point, we see Jesus, the one conceived and born of the Holy Spirit, was verified by God from heaven as the one who came to baptize with the Holy Spirit. We also see that in Matthew 3.11 and Mark 1.8. Then Luke 4.1 shows us that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was conceived. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He came to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to be redundant, but rather 
emphasizing the presence and importance of the Holy Spirit as related to Jesus. As related to my childhood church experience regarding the Holy Spirit, I must ask the question, if our faith is in Jesus, how could we in any way disassociate ourselves from the Holy Spirit and from his work? So let's talk about receiving the promise. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. As New Testament believers, we need to understand that promise. By looking at what scripture records about the first believers and the Holy Spirit, we see the initial promise of the Holy Spirit in Acts 1-4. Before Jesus ascended to the Father in heaven, he gathered his disciples, he commanded them to wait for the promise, and in Acts 1-5, Jesus promised their baptism in the Holy Spirit and explained the promise in Acts 1-8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be with witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, receiving the Holy Spirit means receiving God's power. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit means to be immersed in God's power. What a magnificent promise and what an indelible need that we all have. In receiving the Holy Spirit, Jesus' disciples were filled and speaking in God's power. They spoke supernaturally, whether with other tongues or human words anointed with gospel power for the purpose of demonstrating to all to grow and build God's kingdom. Now, I want to read Acts 2, 4, 2.38 and 2.33. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's Acts 2.4. Then Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Acts 2.33. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. So the demonstrative power of the Holy Spirit is the next thing I want us to look at. That power of the Holy Spirit was demonstrated in Jesus' disciples' words, and that continued from that point on. In Acts 4.31, it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So clearly we can see that the promise of the Holy Spirit first constitutes power for the followers of Jesus. And that power first was demonstrated in words spoken out of their mouths. As we travel further through Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit also empowered believers with wisdom and knowledge. The dramatic story of Acts 5 where Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit shows how the disciples were given supernatural knowledge to know what they could not know apart from God himself giving them that knowledge. And then Acts 8 tells the story of Philip, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He received physical abilities in his body to run so fast that he overtook a traveling chariot pulled by running horses. So, of course, this is a 
supernatural anointing that Philip had. What we see in the power of the Holy Spirit working all throughout Acts is ordinary people performing miracles. We see that dreams were dreamed. The ordinary people saw visions and lived with extraordinary abilities because they received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And personally, I want that too. I want to live my life led, filled, anointed, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that life is available to each and every one of us. You know, I have to go back to the point of thinking about the way that I was raised. And faith in Jesus is great, but, you know, let's not talk about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is a promise, and it's a promise of power. It's a promise of anointing on our words. And we all, if we are in Christ, we should have that. So walk away from this, recognize what you have, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you to speak words that impact people's lives, that gospel words that can transform a direction that someone has taken. The reality is the last thing we want to do is ignore or avoid the Holy Spirit because we want that power in our lives. So I want to invite you to join me again next week as we talk more about the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And before Before I say goodbye, I do want to invite you to join me also on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. And also check out my website, onfire-ministries.org to read my blog and to get free biblical resources or to get a Bible study for yourself personally or even for a group study. I would ask you as well if you would please rate and review and share this podcast because it helps others to find it. And maybe it's the very words of encouragement that someone else needs in their faith journey today. So until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.